What now? <laughs> you did it. Oh man, we're we're doing it. This is yeah, the great oh, job. This oh, is thanks. the first time ever that I let Nick click the mouse to press record. One of these days, I'll let you handle anything else. No, now you go. <laughs> Spreadsheet, that's fine. Uh, I only messed it up once or twice. <sighs> well, we're back. Dern After Reading is what this show is called. We're here to watch every Laura Dern thing. I got a tattoo today, Max. What is it? Uh, it's covered up, so you can't see it. That's correct. Um, and I don't want you to know what it is. So I'm not going to talk. So audience, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. No, it's um a Grim Reaper, but instead of a a skeletal face, it has the um, wearing a mask emoji for a head, and little yellow hands and a, and like a this scepter. Wait, what is that called? A, a um a scythe. Scythe. There we go. Scepter's like holy scythe devil. Ah yes yes. Well yes, that is the tattoo. I survived COVID, so I wanted to get a appropriate ink it was a nice time and uh the tattoo artist i was working with uh fork spit in west philadelphia if anyone's interested um was so happy that you and me are out here doing a podcast about laura dern just Aww, because thank you fork spit. Happy. fork spit is a lovely person also thank you mike brawlin one of our listeners who will get to this in a few months probably <laughs> or a few days i don't know how he consumes our podcast yeah don't let us know. Keep us guessing. Yeah, you know. Anyway, thank you for sending us the article about the many times mentioned um, Cherry Hill 1960s photographic essay thing thingamajig that Laura Dern has been featured in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Send us shit. Send yeah, us please. I, I will give anyone our address. I've said that since day one. I've seen, if you listen listen closely, you'll find me plugging my address on here. It's one of the early ups. It's Single amazing. digit. It's amazing no one ever sent us cards or pizza or anything, really. Drugs. At iguanas. Iguanas. Yeah. Speaking of which, I am actually going to try to get Laura Dern now. I, you I finally I, mustered I, up I, the courage? I have it. What's I, your play? I have no idea. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go through her daughter. We talked about this before. If I can get her cool, young, hip TikTok daughter on, I can probably get her. How do you get her cool? You're too old. I know young people. I will. I'll get there. No, you're. That, I'm, that, no, I'm gonna get the word. Time has you by, old I'm man. I'm gonna get the word podcast out. She's gonna be like, "Get out of here, old man," <laughs> with your talk, long talk. It's all about short talk these days. Oh, cause like yeah, TikToks are short. TikTok. Podcasts are traditionally long. I got it. This podcast is long. Arguably too long. <laughs> Every week we could cut an hour out easy. <sighs> so, but we won't. No, no, we're gonna... Until you, dear listener, decide to be our pro bono editor. Enter now, Dern Sweepstakes. <laughs> we will give you a job that we won't pay you for. <laughs> we had a chance to edit every single episode. Including the backlog, which I think hit... 41 this week. Yep. You could probably trim them down to about 12 minutes a pop. Honestly, you could break this entire show down into a three-hour movie <laughs> of audio if you really tried. And we'd watch it if we get Lori Dern. Yeah. <laughs> Do a drunk history-style reenactment of this entire podcast with Lori Dern playing <laughs> one of us. Probably you. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm flattered. I guess. I don't know. 
<laughs> you heard it. I guess I'm the long one. It should be me. So who would play you in the drunk cool. history reenactment? I don't. I don't like. It was just random people. The only one I knew was Lori Turn. It could be. Um, I don't even just know. say what's well, like a short Seth woman. Green and <laughs> it's a short one. Actually, yeah, Seth Green could do a very good you. Yeah, I'll say it. Speaking of Seth Green. Guess what we watched this week? We Sorry, watched... Sorry, that was a very poor segue. Can't hardly wait. No, no, no. Every episode of Robot Chicken. No. Awesome. Although Powers. the Robot Chicken Star Wars are The Spy good. Who Shagged Me. The Spy Who Shagged Me. Um, no, we watched two episodes of The Ellen Show. What's the one? Idle Hands. You know, I have not seen that, but I've heard very good things. Idle Hands. By very good things, I mean I've did heard not watch that things. <laughs> The reviews were mixed, which is what they say when the reviews are shitty. <laughs> That's correct. Um, no, we watched... This is the um, AP Gay History Week for Dern After Reading. We watched one of the most historic gay episodes of television, or the split episode, rather. Uh, Ellen, the puppy episode, part one and two. Which, of course, it was called the puppy episode as a code name, so no one would know what was actually happening. Yes. But what was happening was Ellen DeGeneres' character was coming out... Ellen Morgan. Ellen Morgan, right? They said that, and I was like, who are they talking Morgan? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so as you can imagine, this caused a lot of backlash. They lost a lot of sponsors. They only went another season after this. Um, Laura Dern recently came out and said she had to hire security, and she lost work after this episode aired. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, this episode came out a week before I was born, April, late April, like April 30th, 1997. I was born May 6th. I don't like that Taurus April, the back nine of April. <laughs> nah. I'm not the back nine of April, I'm the, the beginning you're, of May. You're a proper Taurus, that's fine. I am, yeah. I am. It's I am the a, April Taurus. I died in the wool mm. Taurus. Mm. <laughs> Gives me the willies. Um, a few more little factoids. Um... This a year before this, Ellen debuted as the host of the Universe of Energy at Walt Disney World, Florida, Epcot, to be specific. The Universe. Yes, of Ellen's. Energy. Uni- Is that like the cool official name of Epcot Center? No, no, no. It, there was a ride. It was a forty-five minute ride, which is the longest ride in Disney history. Um, it was like a you sat in a theater, and then the theater seat, the whole chunks of theater seats would move Ooh. through like, uh, like Jurassic. Not Jurassic Park, but like a Jurassic scene because you went back in time. The whole thing is like, they. it used to be Universe of Energy and it was kind of bland. And then they brought in Ellen to spice it up. Nice. And she like, she's, she's doing this thing where she's dreaming that she's on Jeopardy with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And her neighbor in the in the, the fiction of this is um, Bill Nye. And it's all about her learning like about um, pollution and how like energy works. So and they stuff. made Ellen the main character of the boring history ride? Yes. Genius. it was a great ride. It was one of my oh. favorites. And I'm bummed I didn't get to go on it before it got shut down a few years ago because, you know, they needed the space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they needed that, like, square mile of space they had dedicated to Ellen's um, uh, uh, air-conditioned nap room, which is basically <laughs> what it became in any year past 1996. Um, little, little, little thing about Ellen. Um, she's bad now. <laughs> No, she recently there was kind of a scandal where people found out that she was um kind of a monster to her staff, which you know happens to everybody. Happened to Letterman. If you host 
A, talk show for long enough, you become a monster. You either die a hero, like Johnny Carson, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, like David Letterman. Or you grow a beard and get cool, like David like Letterman. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. And then he came back. I don't like that. Eh, yeah, he had that Netflix thing. Go Does he still do man. that? I think so. My yeah. parents watch it. Good for him, maybe. I don't know. He finally got to grow that beard he always wanted. That's any time I think about him now. It was like, he was off the grid for like a year, and then a picture surfaced of him like <laughs> in ripped. a ball stage <laughs> t-shirt. Just like dirty, grungy, wild, wild mangy man beard and hair. He pulled a Larry oh, Sanders and went to Montana. And he never looked happier. That's the only time I've seen him look happy. Honestly. And that's, I think that gets at what you're saying is like when you're that level of famous, it's. I mean, yeah, you don't have a normal it's life. It's so bizarre. And uh, yeah, you get to scream at people. But you know. Or Wait, I, I have one, oh. one fun fact oh, that I learned please. while I was researching this. So um, Ellen DeGeneres, the, the actor, not the character, is also gay. In real life. Oh, whoa. Man, that's... Whoa, I need to... I need to rewrite some of these notes then. <laughs> Yikes. Really gay? It's oh, it's a, man. Yeah. Wait, is Wanda Sykes gay? <laughs> oh, no. God. No! <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> Wanda Sykes is the straightest woman in America. Speaking of which... When we're between the Durns, we're, we'll be doing a lesbian power ranking, as previously discussed last week. Um, it's a bracket system. I made it, and I am a cis white man, so it might not be perfect, but we'll get there yeah. when we get there. Caveats up front. I like oh, yeah, that. You know, gotta be open. <laughs> of all the people to power rank lesbians, I'm probably not in the top hundred, but I'm... <laughs> Can you guys please cancel us so we finally get some listeners? I was actually... What if we got there and she wouldn't be on this show? Look at some of the episode titles. (laughs) She has fun. Ah, you're right. She was a Ukrainian woman once. (laughs) And a tiny woman. She knows tasteless drivel. (laughs) My word. Do you want to dive into part one? Yes. Well, here we go. Oh, I've got to do the diving. Uh, I mean, it's my job. We can back and forth All, it a bit. What what struck me, and with what you were just saying, I didn't realize watching this. I'd never seen. We were discussing. Neither of us had ever seen an episode of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both too young. Nick, especially, <laughs> so being <laughs> I was but a, a hatchling <laughs> at the time. I was fresh out of the box, and. I knew Ellen a little bit, like her stand-up, a little later, maybe around early 2000s, and it was solid. She was real good. But most of the Ellen I know, in like, one, I'm familiar with her culturally. Finding Nemo. Finding... Never thought... You've never seen Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo. Wow. You should. It's pretty good. I'm sorry. I it's, know. It's I fine. love I mean, that seems like such it. a weird classic for you to have skipped I over. know. I just... I missed it. Oh my god. Disney's lesbian. How could you betray her like this? Trying to think of another Disney lesbian. Sheesh, she's I'm not that talented. <laughs> they sunk their teeth in the year before she came out. They were ready. <laughs> um, but so so I know like 
kind of shitty modern Ellen. I know, like, asshole who <laughs> abuses her staff. I know the one who hangs out with George W. Bush. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I know selfie. just the one who generally, like, has become this insanely powerful bajillionaire, world-famous person. And to watch this was such it was such it was amazing to see for a few reasons one because it was like oh fuck like this is ellen before she was at all the ellen i ever knew and she's so much better uh, yeah that's the thing oh, like this show she, is so good no one ever told me yeah <laughs> what the hell listeners what it's, the hell mom and dad it's like friends but good it's, <laughs> it's fantastic and and I felt like that paralleled the kind of like, oh shit, that's what it was like back in 97. So much of the themes were this was the biggest fucking deal. This was like a death threat episode. Oh, for sure. And now gay rights have just, but since then, it's the most marked, just in that time span, like the most amazing civil rights gained in that i know of in american history for such a short period of time um and it's incredible to watch and it's like also sad to watch and the part especially is that she she's a 35 year old woman and she feels too old to be coming out and that's sad that's also great that it's like now people like it but it's this truth that so many people live their whole lives or a huge chunk of their lives before coming out and it it was a very strange cultural kind of shift from where we where we've gotten and it was it was cool to see it was strange to see this episode ruled this is great now, now max now that you give that impassioned speech is there anything you'd like to say to me and the listeners? no i'm not old enough oh, okay. I'll give a few, if we're doing this show in three years i'll come out then <laughs> The ratings through the roof. <laughs> We're going to lose J.C. Petty, but we'll recover. It sweeps. That's all that matters. <laughs> Max, if you're going to come out, do it during sweeps. <laughs> do it during sweep. <laughs> but you We're going to open be a detective, detective agency. <laughs> it's going to be great. <sighs> but yeah, it is wild, isn't it? Like, And it's especially for me, because like I was born when this came out, and like all of that has happened in my life, like exactly in my lifetime. That's bonkers. It really is. Now the gay people are all over the place. It's crazy. It's true. Good for them. <laughs> I don't, that wasn't me like wistfully thinking of the good old days. That was just me like, ah, oh, good. <laughs> anyway, so Ellen's in a changing room. Gay people love changing. Um, and she's like fiddling with something and all her friends are like, Ellen, when are you going to come out? Uh-huh. And she sticks her head out and says, I have the whole hour to do it. And then we start <laughs> the episode. That was our cold open. A very good cold open. I feel like, I don't know this because obviously we have not seen any more of this, but I feel like the opens and the closes are probably like weird, like surreal little jokes, kind of like yeah. the beginning and end of this one was. But we'll get to the we'll end get- later. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, probably. Hey, if you ha- if you have a toaster oven joke in the first act, you have to pay it off in the second. That's <laughs> that's television for you. 
Um, so pretty much this episode opens, um, you know, Ellen is there being Ellen. She's going to meet a college pal, a weatherman in Pittsburgh, because, you know, college pals, they're always weathermen in Pittsburgh. And, um, I believe they're out at dinner and Richard's producer interrupts them at dinner. Who might this woman be, Max? Ellen DeGeneres. Wait, did I say it wrong? No. Okay. I'm just being an asshole. It's uh, Laura Dern. It's Laura Dern in a lovely white suit. Dread. Uh, what are those called? Business suits? Um, but it's not business. It's not. No, like it's, a. It's like a pants suit. Pants suit. I couldn't think of the word pants. But it's a stylish. Oh, it is very chic. It's. It's a lesbian wedding pantsuit. I mean, she pulls off some amazing lesbian outfits in this entire That was her best run. run. After this, as you, as you said, it gets real real coffee shop lesbian. It does. It really for does. For um, Which she, looks great, but that suit, her, her opening suit, phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, you know, you gotta start with a strong opening suit. <laughs> Dern knows this. <laughs> She's a professional consummate. Um, we, they get through dinner, obviously. It's clear that her and Dern had been talking and, like, really hitting it off during dinner. As oh, they, they're flirting like mad. Oh, they are great. not only flirting, but flirting with lines and impressions from the movie Sling Blade. <laughs> you know. Mockling, mocking a mentally challenged man. Yes. Is Billy Bob Thornton mentally challenged? <laughs> Some can wonder. No, he's a... He's a, I was going to call him a great man, but I think that's a stretch. He's a man. He's around. He, he pees. Exists. He pees on things. He's great. Um, so they do that. Uh, and then Ellen is in the hotel room with Rich. They're talking, like talking about old flames. Like Alan had dated men. He had dated women because he's straight. And then they kind of like, he comes on to her a little bit. And it's very awkward. She's like, uh-huh, I couldn't be more comfortable if I tried. I am the image of comfort. And then she kind of runs out. And even that, that was interesting because even that felt like, like it went further than sitcoms would go with something without anything gay related. But even the sort of uncomfortable tension of like there's this sexual tension, but she's not interested and he's like trying to make a move. He's not being, like, predatory or anything. Yeah. But, like, the scene is set around this, her clear discomfort. Um, and even that, I was like, oh, shit. This already, it feels like this is something the censors of 1997 would have been like. No, you can't show actual <laughs> intimate negative things. My God, a, a woman's discomfort? Are you insane? Discomfort to it. <laughs> To a man's approach. Uh, so she gets out of that, and she's, like, talking to herself, and Dern is walking with her ice bucket, as lesbians do, and they have this little talk. She's like, why don't you come into my room? I'll buy you an $8 Dumb soda. Dumb question. Why are they all in a hotel? Um, because Richard is in town. I believe Ellen lives in either L.A. or Hollywood. Oh, she was just visiting. Yeah, yeah. She was. She is um, Richard's producer, so she is in town with him because he's like doing work there. Parochial Pennsylvania Nick doesn't know that Hollywood is in LA. Look, man, I said that mainly because I really don't know for sure where she lives, but also she shut wouldn't up. live in Hollywood. Shut up, Max. She owns a bookstore. <laughs> yeah, it's probably in West Hollywood. Yeah, you're probably right. Sorry, I'm just a yokel. <laughs> Sweet, sweet Pennsylvania boy. Sometimes I just watch Groundhog's Day to feel at home. <laughs> Speaking of which, 
It was. It, it happened. happened. We saw the, wait, did it, we, we survived? It was it. the day before last time we recorded, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he saw a shadow. Oh, he did. Yeah, dumb rat. Six more weeks of winter. Yeah, he is shit. <laughs> Fucking dick. Let's go shoot that groundhog. Honestly, let's kill him. They, they, uh, they will not publicly say how many groundhogs there have been. Like the 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 running story is that there is one groundhog and he never dies, but like the actual stories, there's probably been about thirteen. But they just like it is like <laughs> I don't think groundhogs live that. It long. is one of the most closely guarded secrets. Like it is impossible to get a good number because no one knows. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like the it's like two people that know the Coke recipe aren't allowed on the same plane. I feel like it's that level yeah. of secrecy. What? It's crazy. <laughs> what if the groundhog leaves? I think it's what like it a just cat. makes another it's hole. It's not. It doesn't live in that tree stump that they use for the ceremony. It like I think it's kept in like a zoo or something, uh, or like it has like its own thing. You gotta protect it from yes, impurities. Of course, could you imagine? What if he got out on the town, got into drugs again? <laughs> it's been clean for twelve years. <laughs> I want to share my favorite line from when um, Ellen and Richard are are talking about their old flames. And she's like my my college boyfriend or something, and he's like the guy who used to sit in trees and cry. <laughs> he was a poet. He was a poet, of course he was. Poets do be doing that. So uh, he's got a pack of dejarums. <laughs> uh, a single bongo. Is, it, is one bongo one. just a bong? There you go. Poets do drugs. Anyway, so Ellen is in Dern's room. They're sitting cross-legged on a couch, as lesbians do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop doing that joke, but that one's real. Lesbians Lesbians do that. Sit cross-legged. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gay people in general don't sit normal. Look at me right now. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. You exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I gotcha. That was that was such a real scream. That was great. <laughs> so they're, they're sitting there, and um, they're t- um, Ellen is like, so have you ever thought about dating Richard? And Dern is like, oh, I don't date men. And there's a comedic pause, and then Ellen says, why? <laughs> and Dern says, oh, because I'm a lesbian. And then it just gets really tense and nervous and awkward, and Ellen is like putting a bunch of ice in a cup and being like, oh, straight people love ice. And she's just trying to like butch it up, like straight it up, because, you know, she isn't ready to admit to herself that she's gay, or to other people, rather. And then she kind of like, uh, she has a gay panic and runs out. That's not what gay panic means. It's been... I don't know if you, you don't know, you don't know this, because you're... <laughs> Are you taking it back? Y- yes, it has been. Gay panic is like when a gay person just panics now. It's been taken back. That's better. You would know, but you're in Ellen's position right now, so you're not quite <laughs> ready for that. No, but she has a panic and she runs out, and uh, then she runs back to Richard's room. Oh, sorry, I missed something here. Uh, toaster oven joke, don't want to miss that. No, that's very important. Um... Dern is basically saying, like, she's joking, like, oh, if I had turned you over to the gay side, I would I would have been my 10th lesbian and I would have gotten a toaster oven. And everyone laughs, and it's very funny. And then Ellen runs over to Richard's room and kisses him like a straight person would. Where there is this fantastic exchange. Yes. She, like, he opens the door, and this after she left, she's like, I'm not, you know, not feeling it. He opens the door, she just 
kisses him, gives him a big old straight kiss. Because <laughs> I thought you didn't want to rush into things. And she said, I didn't. That's why I left for a while. <laughs> and yeah, then we're the next day at the bookshop. Uh, all her, her motley assortment of friends there are there, including, of course, Jeremy Piven who listeners might know from the Larry Sanders show, if they watched all of that like I did. He is in that show. And Alan, at one point, is also in that show. So a little crazy world's colliding right there. And Laura Dern, at another point, also in that show. It's like all these things are connected. (laughs) Filmed in the same lot. What? Oh my god, they were! (laughs) Were they? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where that would have been filmed. Anyway... Shit's crazy. So Ellen, like, drops this little hint that she was with Richard the night before, like, with him intimately. And then she just goes into this very good, uh, no, not very good, a very bad gay person's interpretation of what a straight night of romance would be. She Like, it, it shows her reenacting what she says happened. So she's, like, kissing Richard and saying, men, 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 how I love men. And then, like, they have sex, like, two hours later. (laughs) We smoked a cigarette, and then one of her friends says, you don't smoke, so they have gum instead. And they're talking, and she's like, oh, man, woman, sex, how I love it so... Oh, she ripped open his shirt at one point and said, show me the money. (laughs) Really a great time. And then, um, at the very end, they're, like, laying there lustily, and she says, I want to have you in every room of this hotel. And he says, there's over 1,400 rooms. So she says... Then you better quit talking and start loving, man. <laughs> it's it is high camp, I would call it. It is, and I like that it's sort of the this subtle um, spotlight on like the default straightness of friends. Talk. Oh, what happened with with you and Richard? Like, oh, you know, let's hear it. Where like, if that were a gay story, these stock characters in this nineteen ninety seven bookstore. Wouldn't have known what to do with them. It would have broken them. As a person who spent thousands of dollars on a temple education and took a queer media class that cost me thousands of dollars, that is called heteronormativity. That is a word. Thank you. We talked about this in that class, too. I'm using my education, Mom. Yes, we did. (laughs) Using that education. Were you supposed to watch this and you didn't? No, I don't think I was. I think it was just like briefly mentioned. I did watch a movie called The Watermelon Woman, though. That was pretty that good. That sounds pretty gay. It, it was. What's The Watermelon Woman? It's actually, it was made by a Philadelphia lesbian of color. And it's about her working in a video store in Here's Philadelphia. Even better. Exactly. Of color. Anyway, so she's... It was a film she made about her being a filmmaker, and it's, like, part documentary and part narrative, and she, like, works in a video store, and she's trying to find out about this silent film actress called The Watermelon Woman. And, like, this whole thing happens, and then there's a, a thing that happens at the end that I don't want to say because it's, like, a big twist, and if you go watch it, you can see it. But it's a very good movie, like, a very good, like, artsy, gay, 90s Philadelphia movie. Like, there's a lot of scenes of just, like, weird, like just spots in Philadelphia that like aren't in normal movies like aren't like a big budget like a, a 12 monkeys if you will is that filmed here? yeah oh. it was filmed at uh, Eastern State it was filmed in the Met before they redid it um, they did a City Tina Hall. Turner music video at Eastern State they did I, I remember that I wasn't there but I remember hearing about it yeah you worked there I, I guess well you know 
I did work there, didn't I? My the jobs I've had. <laughs> Soda jerk. Oh, should we do a, qu- a quick little oh. interlude? <laughs> well, we've done a big enough one already. I am <laughs> Philadelphia's newest red pedal tour guide. You know those annoying bicycle Yay! tours? Soundboard applause. Yay. <laughs> no, they're fantastic. They're my new employer and I love them. I'll be driving those bicycle box truck cars all around Old City and South Street. Don't tell. Nick has a secret plan to unionize yeah. <laughs> red pedal booze ride. That's that's going to be my new thing. I'm going to get a job for a few months and unionize and then leave. <laughs> Just spread unions like the plague hey, across the There's the John Steinbeck book about that. Cool. Let's it's sad. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I need that. Um, so all this happens. And then Ellen goes to her therapist who is played by none other but the most powerful woman in the world, Oprah Winfrey. This was so jarring. Right? I like, yeah, it just, she's there. And, and, it's, and she's, uh, she's sitting there on, like, couches opposite one another, and Oprah is sitting with her arm on the couch, like, looking and talking to Ella. It just looks like she's hosting. I mean, talk. and the thing is, like, that, that was her positioning. When she had her show, like, it was always her to the right oh, and the guests really? to the left. Which is usually how it is anyway, yeah. but, like, it was... It's, I've, I've seen the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> Me too. But it just very much felt like her show. Especially because, like, Ellen was on her show multiple times, especially, like, she was on for this occasion. Like, when she came out and the episode came out, she was on Oprah's show to like talk about it I don't so I apologize I didn't realize this would be the coming out episode I thought we were watching random apps so I didn't like do my background um so I don't recall I recall Ellen being a sort of protege of Oprah with the talk show but I don't I don't know yes I mean Ellen's show did not start until 2003 so it wasn't, like, a direct... Like, it was kind of like she just got it because she, like, knew the right people and she was funny and, like, had done enough work. Oh, it was until 03. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, her and Oprah, I think, were just more friends than anything. And, like, she was on the show frequently because, you know, they were cool and stuff. And as far as, like... Well, I'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah, she uh, talks to Oprah about stuff. About uh, the man-woman sex. And... Which was what her bookstore friend or maybe roommate i don't know how these people are all yeah it's so weird jumping into a series like this this deep (laughs) end where all these people have established relationships and you're just like cool (laughs) i'm a tourist i guess that's (laughs) the fun fact where do i get the best barbecue (laughs) i'm leaving tomorrow morning (laughs) so she talks to her a bit and like she basically comes out to her therapist in a way like she has feelings for women she doesn't know what to do with them so on. And then she decides she needs to make a mad dash to the airport to tell Laura Dern how she feels about her. She stops at her apartment. That's not important. So she goes to the airport. She sees Richard. She's like, oh, sorry, it didn't work out. Let's just be friends. And they kiss and it's nice. Then she sees Laura Dern and Laura Dern tries to tell her something. She says, no, 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 no. Let me speak. I'm Ellen DeGeneres. And then, <laughs> <laughs> which is what she I imagine. berates her, her like an intern. <laughs> how fucking dare you? This coffee is four minutes late. No, but she um she basically gives this big speech and she talks about some of the stuff you had talked about earlier, how she's like 35 years old and she doesn't know how to say this and she's kept it blocked in for so long, just hoping she could ignore it. And then she finally looks at her and leans forward and says, Susan, I'm gay. 
and there was an uproarious applause, and of course she says this right into the microphone, so it it, it is projected the airport to the entire um, lobby there. And uh, yeah, there's an uproarious applause. She becomes the first out main character in U.S. television history, and then uh, thinking that she would not see Laura Dern again, she's all proud of herself, and then Laura Dern says, oh, I'm staying for three more days. And of course, it's just like that funny, like, oh, no, you said like that big parting thing and now she's not leaving. And they decide to go out for coffee. And that is the end of part one. Yay. Yay! She's gay now. This changes everything. And of course, right around, I think it might have been, it was, it must have been after the episode that she was on the cover of, excuse me, she was on the cover of Time Magazine, just like her sitting there and it said, yep, I'm gay. That's so right. she did She did yeah. a big media rollout of her gayness, which I respect. Now that you've seen it, do you want to talk about the Larry Sanders show? Because isn't have, this the plot point? Have you, you tried it? to get her to come out? No, I haven't. Um, so yeah, basically, like, Larry is having Ellen on, and it, it would have been in... That one came out in 1996, so it was in the time when there was just heavy speculation about her personal life and stuff like that, and... Larry Sanders in the episode, he's like, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to talk to her. And then ev- literally everyone higher up is pressuring him to get her to come out because the ratings would be insane. So eventually he finally gives in. But the night before they're going to record, they're like just hanging out and talking and having dinner. And they start like joking like, oh, we should kiss on air. That'd be funny with the whole gay thing. And then they like start yes anding each other and then they have sex. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> And it's this, it, oh, it's fantastic. And then on the show the next day, Larry is like, I really don't want to do this. And um, I think it's Rip Torn is like, you should do it. So Larry does it. He's like on air pushing her about it. And then they, she's like, I don't want to talk about this. They go to break and he's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. They come back. He keeps doing it. And she's like, do you want to talk about how we slept together last night? And it just, <laughs> it is this hilarious like takedown. It is oh, fantastic. fantastic. And yeah, I don't know. That was, and of course, uh, Ellen does come back for the last episode of the series. Of course, where she talks about having slept with Larry again. Nice. With um, I think it's a uh, what's her name, the uh, Miss Hannigan, um, uh, the that woman who's incredibly famous. She had her own show. She was in Annie. Mary Tyler Moore. No. Is she in Annie? Shirley Temple? No. Ah, I can't believe I can't think of her name right now. But she was in it, and she comes back for the end as well. And they, like, talk about how bad Larry is. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway. So, Max. <laughs> Reminder, editor sweepstakes. <laughs> yes. If you would like to trim any of this for no money, please. My God, isn't it going to suck when we run out of dirt stuff and we're going to have to start actually trying? Oh, God. <laughs> I rue the day. But, nonetheless, anything between your turns, bud? Um. I do have a segment, so don't press okay. it if you yeah, I don't, don't Oh, I just one. watched The Sinner Season 3. Oh, nice. Um, the Sinner Rules. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. no oh, not. it's great. It's, so there have been three seasons. It's an anthology each, each season. It's quasi-anthology, I'd oh. say. Um, because the main character in all of them is Bill Pullman as a world-weary detective. Um, and the first season, Jessica Biel stars in it, and she's, like, a mom who's sitting on the beach and then just, like, freaks out and stabs her husband's friend? I forget exactly. She murders somebody. 
but she doesn't know why she did it. And uh, I've definitely se- I've seen tr- something of that. And like, so I know the season is this. like revealing what the hell is happening. Okay. Um, and all three seasons are really good. And Bill Pullman is so good. He's like this kind of sad, awkward. Feels like he could be, like, mildly autistic, but, like, world-weary detective. So he's, like, putting a lot of layers on this character. And it's so good. He's sweet and, like, stands out in a way that... I don't know. It's a very unique character and a very good one. And you get some fun mystery, ooh, exciting shit going down. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Hmm. I will do that. That's all I got. Um, same thing here. You know, I've been busy. Um, I watched uh, Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men for the first time. I've never seen either. If you have, I you do have access to HBO, I believe. Definitely check. Don't tell them. I don't need them blowing me up for, you know my, for my sister's right. HBO Max <laughs> login. How many people can we spread your sister's <laughs> HBO Max to? It's gonna get, gonna get to Texas in three days. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're very funny movies. I'm Jack Lemmon... The other guy... Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau, yes. I was going to say the guy who played the old man in the Dennis to Menace... Dennis to that Menace. Dennis my, the Menace. My introduction with yeah, it was Mr. Matthau. It's a fantastic, grumpy old man movie. Reminded me of my grandfather's very good film. So yeah, now time for a segment. Our beloved segment, Lesbian Power Rankings. Of All right! Of course, we discussed this last week and... I, did, I figure we should expand it a little bit. Uh, let me start by saying that most of the people in the official ranking I'm going to give Max to parse out. By the way, Max is the one choosing the <laughs> America's Lesbian. That is the title we're fighting for here. I don't want to be part of the choosing. I just made the There's breath. a cancellation culpability yes, at stake here. this is here. all for you. So let me just start by saying a lot of these people are older. I'm going to have to come out to avoid us yes. getting canceled yes, you by are. how I handled the lesbian power. <laughs> let's see how. Let's see who wins. Then we'll decide if you need to spike the numbers. Um, so yeah, a lot of these are older women just because... I mean, you know, I feel like it's an honor. It's a lofty title. Like, you wouldn't give America's Lesbian to, like, that JoJo character who recently came out. I don't imagine you would know who she is. She is like a child's entertainment star. I think she is TikTok adjacent. She had like a Nickelodeon show. Like, I really don't know her. It's JoJo something. She recently came out and she's like a tween or something. It wouldn't be her. I'm sorry. She get, but <laughs> I'm sorry. No children. There are yes. There are a few honorable mentions I like to bring up because I feel like they are not people who could be America's lesbian just because they only have broad appeal or they were only recently. Um, I almost said lesbianized. Oh, you know, just for one reason or another, I don't think they have enough reach. Okay. Of course, that would be Katie Lang, who is featured heavily in the next episode that we will talk about. She is a singing sensation. She was on the Larry Sanders show as well. Um, oh, that was Katie Lang? Yeah, the, the singer, and she was the woman, one of the lesbians in the um, checkout scene dream. But gotcha. we'll get there. Okay. Um, Christian Stewart, who recently came out as gay. Sure. Raven Simone. From Everyone Loves Raymond, gay. And Tig Notaro, I decided, would be a very good honorable mention. Unfortunately, yeah. I love I Tig. Like having her in the mix. But I don't feel like, you know. She's, 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 she's weird. She's, she's an old comic. She is. I almost thought you were going to say she's Canadian. I was like, what? I don't oh. think she's Canadian. Is she? No, she's she's red, white, and blue. She's Absolutely. something there. 
I love her. Have you ever seen the show she does? I forget what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Do you I also forget what it's called? It's the thing where she has celebrities that she doesn't know come in. And she has to figure out who they are. Oh, no. no that's it. Yeah. That's amazing. I think, I think Funnier Die does it. But it's like, it's like just different celebrities. And because she doesn't really know, she doesn't like watch TV or like know much pop culture. So like one of them was um the woman, uh, Melissa Joan Hart. That was a really, look up that oh, one. That amazing. is fantastic. By the way, did you know she owns like Picasso's? Like she has a big art MJH? Yeah. What? She, yeah, she owns like. She talks about it in the interview, but she owns, like, Bucks. many multiple incredibly valuable I bet Sabrina Bucks. I bet she got way more money for that. Oh, for sure. My God. She's still raking in that Sabrina money. I'd hope so. Probably. Worth every pen. So, lesbian power ranking. Um, do you just want to do the twos and get down to it, or do you want to hear everybody first? Do you... Okay, yeah. Give me give me everybody at first. I'm going to rank them. Okay. So I, I'll just I'll give you the pairs. We have Ellen DeGeneres. And wait, wait, or should oh. we do the pairs? I just meant like the the two, the two, the I two. I know. The two. What do you want to do? Do you want to do a tournament style? I mean, I had written it down in a certain way, but if you want to write it a different way, okay, it's, it's up to your you. segment. Fine, it's my segment. So I'll give you the pairs, okay. just because I already have it written out. Um, so we have Ellen DeGeneres versus Wanda Sykes. I feel like they are comparable, and they could really only fill like one spot. Um, what, what's what's our judgment criteria here? It is up to you. You are choosing America's lesbian. So if you want to choose for broad appeal, popularity, you just know what? This, I don't like matchups so much. Just list them all. I'm gonna do it that way. Okay, so we have Ellen, Wanda Sykes, Lily Tomlin, Jane Lynch, um, Kate McKinnon, uh, Billie Jean King. Rosie O'Donnell and Jodie Foster. I, these, it took me a while this to is, get this here. This is a but... fucking murderer's row. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine My the band? God. They would have... If Slipknot was all of these women instead of Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, who can I like who can I knock off this list? I mean... I don't want to. I don't want to influence your judgments. Man, some some real big hitters here. I am going to say yes. That number eight goes to Kate McKinnon. Okay, and I will I'll take that. only say that. Because she hasn't been in the game as long as anyone else on. That's true. And she is by... That is the only reason I'm saying she that. She is she by will... a decent stretch the youngest person. I just felt like she had to be. I, lo- I love her inclusion. Huge, huge fan. Though, as I've stated, I feel like someone who is a secret hidden gem, kind of in the shadow of Kate McKinnon's just incredible talent, um, was Cecily Strong. Very true. Big fan of Cecily Strong. But is she gay? I don't believe so. Yeah. Doesn't count on this list. <laughs> Kate, I love you. You got number eight. You'll be up. You could find yourself in metal if you keep it up. And I mean, this is also, I guess this would be a list of living lesbians. So as these older lesbians are knocking off, Kate McKinnon is going to climb the ranks. True. Is Billie Jean King still alive? Yes. Okay. Old, but alive. All right. Um, number seven, I'm going to give to Jane Lynch. 
I will because take it. everyone else just has is more. I mean, Jane Lynch is as recognizable as anybody. Um, she doesn't have one amazing performance, right? She's a character actress. True. Um, she's great. She's consistent. She's been doing it forever. Um, number seven. Good job. Good job, Jane. Oof. Number six. I'm going to give it to you only because she... Look how everyone I'm not naming number one. I just it's my reason I'm not putting them higher. Um, and this because I feel so bad like so. Um, number six, only because she had such a long, illustrious career before coming out, and therefore I think isn't as associated with her lesbianism as some others on this list would be Jodie Foster. Good, good. I'm sweating. Oh, I see it. I'm sweating. <laughs> um, let's go. Oh, I love her, but like, yeah, she doesn't deserve to be higher on this list. That's Lily Tomlin. <laughs> yeah. I... For kind of a similar reason. And because I, I think culturally she's less iconic, though she's my favorite person on this list. She's number one in my heart, Lily. Oh. You got your down to the big four. Big four. Final four. (laughs) That's a sports joke. Yeah. Um, Final four. I'm going to say, oh, man. Was Billie Jean King out during the Battle of the Sexes? No, but I think it was a generally kind of like it was kind of like Ellen before. I feel like it was right. kind of a, like everyone knew she was a very a very handsome woman. Very handsome. Um Billie Jean King, number four. Respectable. I feel like I was trying to think of like a lesbian not in Hollywood, and that was like the only one I could scrounge up. Because like I feel like it's not like a not... Yeah, I forgot I said I'd also think about this. I forgot to think about No, that's this. fine. Um, yeah, and uh, she's sort of a, a generation prior. She is the reason for Philadelphia freedom. I don't know what that is. It is a, it is Philadelphia's tennis team, which she is the majority shareholder in, and she got her friend Elton John to write the theme song, which of course is just the song Philadelphia Freedom. Are, we have a... T- <coughs> <Excuse> <coughs> oh. Mike. One, we have a, there's a Philadelphia tennis team. There is, it seems like there was a stretch where it didn't, it wasn't active, but it, it, I think in 2017 it came back and it is currently a thing? I don't really know. It's still technically And they're called, my follow-up question, they're called the Philadelphia Freedom? Yes. Eh, mm. I, I'm just telling you the facts right. here. I don't know what you want. Ugh. Don't care for that. It's like in North Carolina. When they they first in flight on the license plates, mm-hmm. um, and then it was like you get first in freedom if you wanted to like rep that badge a little bit. <laughs> it's like what does that mean? This doesn't even mean anything. Yeah, Philadelphia Special. freedom. Gross. Um, oof, okay. Oh man, you are down to We're some power players. Onto the podium. Who's, who's taking home the bronze? That would be... Oof. 
I'm gonna... I'm gonna say Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes gets the bronze. Another one who I love maybe more than the last two. Um, But I think America's Lesbian... Wanda Sykes, and maybe it gets a, the, despite us being a nation where we can, in, in fact, have a lesbian, that we are still a white supremacist nation that can have a lesbian, and I feel like America's lesbian. Wanda Sykes, when I, my America, and it's my own, it's my own <laughs> white supremacist influence being a product of this, this white world where every show we have is eight white people who are all <laughs> friends or co-workers hanging out in bookshops. Um, but it feels like Wanda Sykes as a black woman is less American as a whole. And I realize that's fucked up. Um, but I think if we were picking America's lesbian as chosen by, if America voted, I imagine <laughs> you imagine the next election. There's like one of those little sub things, and it's like, who would you choose as America's lesbian? <laughs> can we do? Can we have fun? How much? How many millions of dollars do we need to raise to just have our own ballot initiative? Can you imagine just a fun ballot? <laughs> like not, not, not a law. Maybe we'll get like an executive order. Like, do you think Lord June Law is still hot? Hereby enshrined as cool. Yeah, the <laughs> state of Pennsylvania. squirrels are legally rad as shit now (laughs) um all right number two i don't even need to think about this we already last week we talked about it there's only one right answer here number two rosie o'donnell i really thought i might i might break i thought no i I was number one i i flirted with the idea but, you know, it's not just about the hot takes. I feel no, this, Ellen's number this one. This has been a ten-minute segment just <laughs> saying the thing we're doing is the best. <laughs> um, maybe if I hadn't watched this episode, Ellen wouldn't have gotten the top spots. But that's how good this was. It's so good, and so it, like... And for me to experience this firsthand is to better understand why she is, in fact... America's lesbian, congratulations. There Ellen. you go, folks. Ellen, another accolade. America's lesbian. <laughs> We're gonna end up on her show. You realize that, right? <laughs> She's scraping the barrel now. She needs us. <laughs> now that we said that, we're not gonna be on the show. But you It's know. just like GameStop. We're holding all the cards now, <laughs> baby. Come on. She always has people doing dumb things on the internet. <laughs> on her show. Could, no, can you imagine if she had us on and then Laura Dern came out? Oh, <laughs> yeah! Come do that. Do that. <laughs> Say it louder. Ellen, Ellen do please. That. Ellen, we need it so bad. We need these boosted numbers. Well, now that we had fun, <laughs> let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, part two. We open with a song by, what's her name again? Melissa Etheridge. Thank you. Melissa Etheridge sings a cute little ditty about Ellen, how she's proud of her for doing what she's doing and stuff like that. And Max brought up, I wonder if this happens every episode, and I don't think it does. <laughs> like halfway through, just a celebrity singing to and about <laughs> Ellen, like on the interim set. But the way you're saying, like, that it's almost, they use the, I mean, the top and bottom as sort of dreamy, weird, True. funny, like, they might. I'm not sure. Huh. 
And that was that was an interesting thing watching this. There are all these stylistic things um, and sort of broader tone things where I, I wasn't sure if this was because it was a very special episode of The Ellen Show or The Ellen Show? Ellen? What's the title of this one? Whichever. Ellen Morgan Presents. <laughs> Ellen Morgan Presents Mystery Theater. <laughs> Oh my god, did you know Bill Cosby had a show called Bill Cosby Mysteries? No. I found it somehow looking for something else. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm concerned and curious. I'm really... Oh god. I need to do more research. I just need I to really it hope it's like good, wholesome, fat Albert oh, stuff and not like... it is. It's probably like weird like Alfred Hitchcock Presents, but instead of Alfred Hitchcock presenting, it's Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby. Like, yeah. I don't want to do a Bill Cosby impression. Please don't. <laughs> but you know, you know how he speaks, <laughs> and uh, you know how he speaks and assaults women. So yeah, after the little ditty, we open on a dream. Sorry, I'm just finding my notes here. Um, Ellen is in a supermarket pushing around her cart, which is also the camera mount, which I thought was neat. She's yeah. like pushing the camera, and she runs into none other than Billy Bob Thornton who talks to her initially in his sling blade voice and then coughs and apologizes and says something about melons being on sale and then slips in a sly little lesbian thing. And you're like, what? And then she (laughs) proceeds to go through the store and there's just a bunch of weird subliminal lesbian things. Like there's multiple um, very famous lesbians, including Katie Lang in these scenes. And like there's a sign that says 10 lesbians or less. And like clean up in aisle four, lesbian in aisle five. And at one point, Laura Dern is there oh, yes. holding two in, giant melons. In an elegant, over... very slim dress, yes. by the way. Just the best. And then it cuts right to her. Laura, you're killing it. Oh, I don't know God. if we've told you that before. 97 Dern? That's my Dern. That's my that's 97 my Dern is that's really it. Oh, it's a wonderful f- Dern. It is a fine vintage. Because it's post- Jurassic Park. And not quite 9 11. <laughs> it was that we were a happier place. Exactly. A more, a more com- things were good. You could just. Things were looking up in 97. Back then, you could say you were gay in an airport. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this current surveillance state, you couldn't do that. No. In this pandemic, you can't do nothing. <laughs> My God. That's a joke. But, um, yes, and then she goes right to her being in therapy. <laughs> and she saying, opens with the line. Um, do you think that dream means anything? <laughs> and Oprah's like, I'll take a stab at probably. <laughs> and then they talk, they get into a pretty deep, like, a almost op- on Oprah talk where she's like, I want a normal life. I want the things that you get with a normal life. And Oprah basically says, and you don't think you could have that if you were gay. And then Ellen is like, gay people are oppressed and then Oprah goes on to say like multiple civil rights adjacent things like you know you what I forget what exactly she says like wouldn't be allowed to marry it wasn't that about separate water fountains she like leads up she's Oprah is saying things that Ellen is saying back but like about seg obviously about segregation and then she closes with water fountains and then Ellen says, they're going to make us use separate water fountains now? And, Ellen, and Oprah looks at her like, Ellen, you little scamp. Yeah. And it's fun. <laughs> and then Oprah's like, so you're, you got to talk to your friends. And uh, Ellen's like, yeah, I'm going to keep talking to him just because I'm gay. And then she realizes, and Oprah's like, would you be more comfortable talking to your parents? And Ellen's like, fine, I'll talk to my friends, you huckster. And now we got to talk to the friends about Ellen being gay. 
Can she do it? Can she do Can it? Can Ms. Morgan get it done? First, she talks to her friend, played by Patrick Bristow, who's a lovely character actor, a red-headed gentleman with tiny spectacles. Did he have tiny spectacles? He did. He must have I don't know if he did. No, he, he, did I think he usually them? wears tiny ones. And she's basically, they're like prepping the food, and they're just talking about whatever, and she just blurts out, like, I'm gay. He and says, then, you know <laughs> you know, you need? A melon baller. Because I'm gay. <laughs> and she's like, where, so where can I get one of those? And he's like, the grocery store, the grocery <laughs> store, I'm so proud of you. And they have this talk, and he's like, it'll be fine, they'll accept you. I did this when I was very young. He jokes about coming out in kin- before kindergarten. And then everybody gets there, and she is chugging on a bottle. Oh, sorry. Uh, he does have this one line that's sort of sort of a, played for a laugh, but is an interesting, and I'm, I'm glad they included a serious line. When he talks, she's like, oh, I wish I had come out so young, because he's gay, the character. Yes. And he says... It isn't easy being uh, homo Pete in junior high. And it's like funny delivery and it gets the laugh, but it's also like, shit, man, you ain't wrong. Yeah. So I like that this, like, it never, when I say very special episode, right, it didn't feel like that. It was funny as hell. Like, it's very, it did such a good job because it's so funny. Um, And I think it's, it's almost like, a perfect sitcom setup. Like, it is. one person on this episode, <laughs> someone's sexuality is one thing, and everyone else thinks it's someone else. Like, what are they? It's like, oh, Fred Flintstone's gotta have dinner with two different people at once. How, yeah, how's he Fred, gonna get out of this one? Fred Flintstone is trans. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Thank you for the episode title. You're very welcome. And now that you, when you put it like that, it makes every other very special episode of anything seem so inse- it, unconsequential. Like one of my seven kids almost smoked weed. Yeah. Like that was a special episode compared to this. Like Fucking Simon Camden flipped off another kid. Oh man. Or we almost got molested by the bike shop dude. <laughs> or the dad in Seventh Heaven who played Simon Camden's dad. Yikes. Oh, I forget about that. And then I remember. <laughs> So, her friends come in, and she's chugging a bottle of Chardonnay to prepare herself, and her, her friend, Patrick, I don't know his real, his name in the show, uh, Pete, I guess it would be, um, he's like, I hope it's <clears throat> eh, whatever. Even meaner if they call him the, the, the wrong Pete. name. That's not even his name's my name. Pat. <laughs> so... Um, he says, she has a very special thing to tell all of you, and then she goes into, like, a bad stand-up bit. She was like, you know when you think you're you're so tall and then you find out you're taller? I was at the Gap the other day. And Patrick's like, tell him what you really want to tell her. And then she like kind of hymns and haws for a while. She like mentions she wants to see somebody and her friends think it's Richard. And then she says, yep, that's it. You guys can go. And Patrick says, for God's sakes, Ella, just tell them you're gay. And then he's like, oh, shit. He covers his mouth. He's like, oh, oopsie. And then everyone's like, is that true? And everyone accepts it in their different way. The squeaky voice girl who you discovered was... Uh, the cartoon character I had a crush on from Pepper Ann. Yes. Her cute blonde friend. She comes up and she says, like, so I support you. What should we call you, gay or lesbian? Ellen, Ellen says, you can just call me Ellen. <laughs> and then, um, um, what's his face? 
Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. Thank you. Jeremy Piven hugs her and says, I accept you. I'm so happy for you. If you want to bring a girl over, you totally can. Please bring a girl over because he lives there. And he's like, if you're if you're not familiar, he's like every other '90s Jeremy Piven character. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a white guy. He's a man's man. And of course, his girlfriend, who I think lives with him and Ellen, I'm pretty sure he lives with Ellen, eighty percent sure. Um, she's kind of like iffy about it, not like not supporting, but I think she's just shocked by it, and she kind of takes it that way. And then. David Anthony Higgins, who is in this, is a character actor. You might know him from Malcolm in the Middle as the neighbor. Um, he hugs. Yes, he, he is in that. Um, he comes up and hugs her. And he says, "Are you sure this is what you want?" And she says, "Yes." And then he says, "Okay, everybody, pay up." Because I, I think you missed that, I did but miss they that. were betting on it. And he had. He must have won <laughs> that. He bet said she was going to come out. And I thought that was a good bit. And uh, now she's out. Everyone's happy for the most part. And then she takes Dern on a little date to her bookshop. And what happens there, Max? Hold on. Oh, I want to go back because I wrote down one line. When she, while she's hemming and hawing, yes. they think she's talking about Richard. And she's like, I didn't actually sleep with Richard. Oh. <laughs> one of them says, he says, so nobody showed anybody the money? <laughs> that was a very good line. I forgot about that one. Excellent callback. Uh um, then they go to a lesbian coffee house. That is true. But before that, that feels identical to the bookshop. It, <laughs> it does. I just want to throw in one thing. Before this, we find out that Dern has been dating someone for eight years. Oh uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, which was which was the only bummer I had. Yeah, this. that was like, such a backpedal. And like Ellen is like, "Why didn't you tell me?" And Dern is just like, "I don't know." And like it was clear that they did connect and they like had something, but like Dern just you know is from a different place. She has different stuff going on. And Ellen is kind of funny about it because I feel like Ellen is a eat. Maybe just in the show, but I feel like in real life too, she's probably like the kind of person that just like deals with things with humor. Like, being upset, being hurt, and stuff like that, obviously. I mean, look at how she was with her fake therapist, Oprah. Right. But yeah, she takes it hard, but, you know, she moves on from it, and then she gets dropped like a lesbian hot potato, as her friend said, <laughs> before she got there. I wonder if it's, like, if, like, a lesbian kiss was just a bridge way too far, if that was some sort of compromise decision. It did feel, it felt so, like, especially after this first episode, which is really where where the tension is. Um, and they just kind of deflate, <laughs> just sort of deflated it. She has this, like, awesome chemistry with Darren, super flirty. She comes out. It's huge. And then Darren's like, oh, no, just a little deus ex machina to tie up this string. I was looking for the first, oh, the first lesbian kiss would have been in 1991. Um, L.A. Law, I think? Huh. Well, that's lame. Really? Yeah, I guess. And they got a bunch of sponsors pulled, but yeah. Well, that's lame. (laughs) I'm sorry. Have you ever seen the South Park episode where they say shit? Yeah. For the first time. That's an earlier one, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that sounds pretty (laughs) familiar. The whole episode is about how everyone's watching... The, like, cop show 
on TV and they're gonna say shit. And so they keep saying shit like hundreds of times throughout the episode. But it's all like they're waiting for it to happen this one time. Uh, and they're like, it's all the parents and stuff. They're like glued to the TV. <laughs> like well, It's like a cop and he says the other guy, he's like, hey man, you got some shit on your face. <laughs> That's the lie. Oh my god. Have you ever seen um, the documentary Seven Days to Air? Which... I don't know if I've seen it. Or I've... It's... I don't know that I did. I love them. I know a lot about them. It's just about like the process of South Park because they do every episode in a week, basically. Uh, there's some exceptions, but for the most part, they are released on a week-to-week basis. And the documentary specifically covers, like, they had just gotten off of Book of Mormon and, like, they're coming back to, like, do the next season. And there's a part where they're talking, they're having to do, like, halfway through the week, like, talk to the the studio and the censors and see what they can actually do. And it's, like, a a young lady intern doing the call, and it is hilarious, because she, you know, she's saying, like, South Park stuff that obviously is going to get cut. And just, like, in this calm, like, everyday office voice. Like, how many times can we say shit in the five minute, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, it's very good. So good. I'm so glad they came back to it after Book of Mormon. Show was struggling during that, that chapter without them. Damn. <laughs> Dark days. So, we're in the coffee shop. Katie Lang is singing a song about ladies and stuff. Our time it will come soon. And I feel like, like that a, like is a, a nice little rip on like lesbian music. Because, you know, there is lesbian music and some of it's kind of... Was it a rip? It felt like I'm it was... I'm not a rip. Uh, I feel like when they were talking, like when the guy... Um, oh, they were joking about yeah, it. they were like joking friends. about it. Because, you know. It was very like little affair. I've listened to the very, Indigo Girls. They have like a certain very vibe. mid-90s coffeehouse lesbian. I'm, I'm so excited I broke my pen. So anyway, Ellen gets there. And they're all they're all tr- going out of their way to be very supportive. Which I appreciate. And like to a, to a fault, basically. Like... They're all just trying to be, like, so helpful. And then um, Katie Lane comes over and just, like, leans over the chair now and says, like, I, I just found out I'm gay. I'm not ready to date. And she's like, that's cool. I'm your waitress. And it's a fun <laughs> little joke. And then I'm one, her squeaky voice friend is like, what do you people like to drink? Meaning lesbians. And Katie Lane says, iced tea. Because, <laughs> you know. Do I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was. I, I don't know if that was. I'm not a lesbian enough to know. I'm a lesbian enough to like Minsky, but I'm not a lesbian like a enough nice to herbal tea. Perhaps. I mean, hey, you can have an herbal iced tea even. It's true. Blow your mind right there. <laughs> Blow it clean off. Um, and then a lesbian comes over and sits next to Alan, like, very close and tight. And like, oh, do you mind if I sit here? And then she hits on her very straight friend who's kind of iffy about <laughs> Jeremy Pippins. Yes. Partner. And Ellen is like, some things never change. Like, obviously, it's a thing. She's that the hottie. She's the hot one. You know. The, the Rachel or Good, I'm going for squeaks you. over there. <laughs> oh, at one point before Ellen gets there, a line, probably my favorite in the whole thing is um, Jeremy Piven is like, yeah, you know, I always had a feeling she was different. Like when we were younger, she could always throw a ball further and run faster. And um, the heavier guy is just like, did you ever think maybe you were gay? <laughs> and it's so so mean and the kind of joke where I hear and I'm like, ah, that's in poor taste, but it was it was very and it was, funny. It was such a like a like a offhanded delivery. Like it was such a Yeah. It I don't know why, it really reminded me of like Drew Carey. Maybe because they're both like very similar voiced, heavier, funny men at the time. And yeah. Like, and now they're, they're both perfect. Now they're both skinny and they I was gonna say they both host both host game shows, but I don't think Anthony Michael Pippen hosts a game show. He's skinny? 
Maybe. I think he's skinnier. <laughs> I know Drew Carey is skinny. I Drew Carey is, is substantially Drew skinny. Drew Carey also was on the Larry Sanders show. Ooh. Way to go, Drew. Oh, no. I was about to say, I think... Oh, he was on an episode where we found out that Larry Sanders' assistant was pregnant. It was funny. Anyway. Where are we? The end, basically. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Until oh, there's a we got a we got a closer. Uh, so we get Ellen in uh, in the lesbian coffee house. I no, I think that was the bookshop. It might have been the coffee shop. I'm not sure. They, they were probably setting. yeah. They were the same set, just yeah, different just walls. Put the camera on the other side, <laughs> and uh, a woman says, "I believe that was the the woman from the beginning." I'm sorry to ask her name again, but. Oh, is it Melissa Etheridge? I'm pretty sure. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. So (laughs) Melissa Etheridge has a clipboard with like a form on it. And she says, so I have just one question. Are are you, are are you gay? gay? (laughs) And she says, yes. And she's like, okay. And she like stamps the form a bunch of times. Like it's official documentation. And then she reaches down and hands Laura Dern the toaster. That was. uh, Recruiting her. And that's true. There, that's is, there is a reward system. Absolutely. Um, someone, it's not a pyramid scheme. I was watching this with somebody, and they mentioned, like, who gets the points if a straight person converts you to homosexuality? Which is confusing, but it must happen. So there must be a, a caveat in the system. <laughs> I don't know. This is something to think about in your own time when you're staring at your bed- bedroom ceiling tonight in the dark. Fighting your demons. Just think about that and the point system. The toaster oven. You get a Cadillac at a certain number, but I'm not going to... I don't want to say that out loud. I don't want to tell you what the number is. I don't, I don't want to tell you what that number is from my new Cadillac car. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting in this entire show. So yeah, Ellen's gay, apparently. Yeah. Cool. Good for her. She finally did it. And Laura Dern's gay, too, I guess. Susan, her character Susan is gay. Ah, character? Mm. Ah, yes. <laughs> sure. Man, imagine how much more of a pain in the ass this show would be if she hadn't lost work. Like, we'd be at this for another year easy <laughs> if she hadn't lost the work that she lost because she played a gay character on national television. Yeah, she's not going to be on this show. <laughs> There is no way we haven't lost her. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Well, on that note, anything else you want to say about this beautiful moment we've shared over and over again? <laughs> These many beautiful moments we've shared. Um, no, I can't top that. That's, that's a, a good note to go out on. Max is a bottom. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, <laughs> next week, do you want to know what we're doing? Yeah. Back to normal. Back to normal here at Dern After Reading HQ. I will be doing a big Dern called The Tale. I keep getting the new movies. I don't know what this is about. Um, I'm not going to look it up either. Watching The Tale. We'll see what it is. And you are going to be watching a TV movie called um, Down Came a Blackbird. Down Came a Blackbird. Let me make sure. I kind of scribbled that first word. Let me make sure it's actually down so you don't end up watching the wrong thing. Yeah. Down Came a Blackbird. Um, I looked it up briefly. It looks like a movie about stuff. 
looks like my movie involves journalism and a 13-year-old, so that's fun. And your movie is also a movie. So <laughs> we will do that next week. It'll be a great time. Until then. Until then, gentle Looking listeners. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Goodbye, Ellen and Dern. Goodbye, Ellen. Goodbye, Dern. I'm Gabe. Yeah, 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 yeah.